Hi, Darren. How are you doing? Hello. I'm so good, thank you. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. I'm really, really grateful that you wanted to have me on. It's such an incredible platform that you girls have. And yeah, to be a part of it for this episode is really fun. You're the best. I mean, I'm just so glad that we first we had a chance to meet in, yes, Austin, in Austin because I've been following you obviously for quite some time. And but I know you were doing F1 Academy, and I wasn't at any of the F1 Academy races this year. And FE, um, you did last year, and but I went to my first FE race this year, so I yeah. just missed you everywhere basically. So I was like, very, very. very Yes, I was very excited to meet you. Um, and I think F1 Academy is just like, you know, one of those things where it's just so wholesome. Like the entire environment was. was so wholesome. I don't think we could have picked a better setting to actually meet. Exactly. And it was such an incredible weekend. Like we were obviously speaking about yeah. it then and there. But the fact that F1 Academy finally got to join the F1 calendar and just seeing the reception that the series had and just like yeah. all the driver experiences, it was so wholesome. And also, yeah, like personally as well, getting to meet everyone and getting to see how everything works from like an F1 paddock side of things. It was just like the most cool experience I'm so grateful for. Yeah, I'm so excited for 2024. But I want to start with beginning with you because, well, you are officially, of course, a motorsport presenter. Um, And we get a lot of questions about, you know, presenting as a career. So I want to know from you, how did that come about for you? So I got into motorsport presenting through the Formula E Open Talent Call for Presenters. So that was an initiative that they launched in 2020. So gosh, nearly like three, four years ago now. Um, And it was something which I saw pop up on my timeline. And it came about just after I'd graduated from university. So as I just said, um, I went to the London College of Fashion, and I did a degree in communications and public relations. So I was always interested in like the media space. And I had been doing my YouTube channel by then already for over five years and, you know, posting videos weekly. And through that, having opportunities to do presenting. So when the talent call came about, I was like, this just feels like the perfect timing. Like how it all came about, I still like just attest it all to like a higher force because I couldn't understand like just the perfect timing of it all. Because at that point I'd made the decision that I'd wanted to go into presenting, but I hadn't figured out what field I wanted to go into. And for me, I first been introduced to motorsport like when I was a child, I don't even know how young I was. But for me, at that time, as we all know, obviously, motorsports is a predominantly male dominated industry. But even more so then, it was a case where I was like, that's my brother and my dad's thing. And even though I loved it, that was almost as far as it would go, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, that's an interest, but that's what the guys are doing. And I'd be doing my ballet classes. And like, that would just be the situation. So when I then saw the talent call come about, and saw the fact that they were encouraging individuals from all backgrounds, male, female, also diversity, and also young people, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually an opportunity for me now that I can get into this sport and this industry, which I think is absolutely incredible, but that I just never thought that there would be space for me. Mm-hmm. So um, when I saw it, I was like, I have to apply. And that is exactly what I did. Um, the application, which I love again, was very like accessible and straightforward. It was literally to send a 60 second video which you could film anywhere. Like I filmed mine in my bedroom at home, um, just essentially saying why you'd want to um, have this opportunity and where your interests come from and all of that fun stuff. So I sent off the application and 
Then after a few weeks, got like my first email saying that I've been shortlisted from like 800 to I think 50. Then it was 50 to 15 and then it was 15 to four. Um, and then there was like a final four experience where mm-hmm. we all got flown to testing in Valencia and had to do like the presenting in real life at this point. So um, that was again, just such a unique experience. And it was my first time, obviously like working in a pit lane and reporting there. Mm. And um, we had like a ton of different challenges and things that we were getting like judged on. Um, And then, yeah, I'll never forget that phone call. on the day that I found out I'd won and just the feeling of such excitement and euphoria and just like disbelief that I had actually kind of made it through and then the thing that really got to me on the phone was when I found out that I was the first black female presenter Mm -hmm. for an international motorsport rights holder and I think when I found that part out I knew that this was, you know, a journey that I wanted to fully focus all my time and energy to and dedicate and be that representation for all of the other young girls and particularly young black girls um, who are interested in this sport and wanting to get into presenting in motorsport. And so, yeah, that's essentially kind of the crux of it and is why I've just been so passionate about everything I've been doing for the last three years and just continuously wanting to push the boat um, so that people can turn on their screens and look at me and say, you know what, I can also do this as well and just yeah I think representation is so important and I'm just so grateful to Formula E for that opportunity because it doesn't come you know what's important is the opportunity for that to happen Um, and so I'm very very grateful that they launched that and you know more things in that space are coming around as well so yeah that's essentially how I got started. (laughs) I love that I think what you said about you know for people being able to turn on the TV and see mm-hmm. someone who looks like them potentially and yes. think, okay, this is a role for me because it's exactly how for you growing up, you didn't see that. So it wasn't even a thought that this is something that I could do. And I think exactly. that's true for a lot of people in motorsport where they don't even know to think that this is something that it's a possibility for them. Yeah. Um, and females in motorsport, we say something like, see it, be it. And mm-hmm. I think it's just about the power of being able to see someone who looks like you um and I think motorsport like you said it's definitely male dominated it's not very racially diverse at all so even you know people like us we end up sticking out and I think it's a bit of a and I think I'm sure you'll agree it's a bit of a double-edged sword where it's like it's uh, I'm so happy that you know you're the first black uh presenter for an international um motorsport rights holder but it's like really did it really take us that long yeah. to, to, you know, make that happen? So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. It's bittersweet, but we know that, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, but at least it's good that we are somewhere now. Yes, exactly. And the fact that, yeah. you know, a series like F1 Academy exists, you have obviously the pla- your platform, Females in Motorsport, um, Girls on Track, you know, just all of these incredible mm-hmm. initiatives and platforms that exist and seeing how they've all grown as well in the last few years and seeing how just so many more women are getting into the sport. I think we are at a really exciting time and I'm just praying that that momentum continues and, you know, yeah that's just how the industry becomes it's not just a trend but in fact it is something um which just completely changes the space because it's what's needed like it should be a a space for everyone from all backgrounds from all races all ethnicities and of course yeah male and female so yeah fingers crossed (laughs) yes yes, absolutely yeah I have a question for you actually about you know just getting started 
because I think there is something that I learned very recently when I was doing on camera, on camera work in Austin, where it really your confidence really has to be extremely high. Yes. Um, I was not confident at all while filming those things. I was very nervous, but yeah, I'm you also not tell. People... You smashed it, honestly. I think I'm one of those people who is like fake it till you make it you know so Honestly. I will I can fake confidence to a very large extent yeah I know when you fake it you also kind of just like I think it's like you trick your brain into thinking that you are confident yeah um how did how did that confidence journey come for you were you just like confident right off the bat to do on-camera work or is something you have to actively work on oh this is a great question so I would say that it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, my journey with confidence. The major thing which I think affected my confidence really was going back to what you were saying of being like the only kind of person of color there or the youngest person as well at the time. And I just felt as though I um, really had like a lot of pressure on my shoulders because as I said, I, you know, don't take what I do lightly whatsoever. And I think there's a huge responsibility there with the representation that I want to be able to provide. And so I think for me, rather than just approach it in the way that I think a lot of others viewed it, it was just like, wow, this is such a fun opportunity. And like, wow, woo, so much fun. I saw it as a much deeper thing where it's like, you know, I really wanna make sure I'm doing my best, I'm doing the best job possible, and I'm representing myself and others in the light that should be represented. And so um, I think, that pressure almost got to me in a bit and just kept me wanting, you know, feeling like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I was never good enough because I just wanted to do so well for not just myself, but as I say, for all of those that are going to come, you know, mm -hmm. next up behind. And then I think, you know, thankfully, I, um, I don't even know how it all happened, but maybe just like all of the wonderful support and then community that evolved as well. Um, but I finally got to a point where I just felt, you know, confident and assured in myself and assured in what I'm doing um, and now I'm at that stage where I can finally have fun with it and that's why I'm just like filled with so much energy and excitement everyone's always just like gosh this girl is like <laughs> but I'm like I've been like yearning for this feeling for such a long yeah. time from when I started and it's I'm just so grateful that yeah I'm now in that place where I can you know go to work show up and just like know that trust myself and back myself that I'll be able to do a good job and you know also just enjoy and soak up the experiences mm -hmm. and be able to speak with everyone and be able to yeah just immerse myself into this community which is so incredible and so wonderful um but yeah I'd say for anyone who is looking to get into presenting um as you just said confidence and just how you carry yourself is such a big part of it um and I think faking faking it till you make it isn't a bad piece of advice like it's what worked for me in the times where as I said I was you know trying to push through and I think ultimately when you do fake it till you make it and you step into that version of yourself you realize okay this isn't actually that bad or that scary like I can own that space and I can have fun with it and then before you know it you actually become that version of yourself so yeah that's what's worked for me but I think it's also just reminding yourself that you deserve to be there and that you know ultimately your passion and your enthusiasm is what will also help contribute to that confidence and stuff so yeah don't don't get too bogged down by it or like get stressed out by it I'd say and just like trust yourself and enjoy the moment. Yeah, I think enjoying the moment is a really important thing in motorsport because, you know, yes, it's a long weekend, but 
now I've learned, you know, being at a couple of them this year, that it goes by so quickly. Yeah. Um, and then you look back and you're like, wait, how is this over? I feel like I didn't, you know, I feel like I didn't like learn or absorb or do something. And I feel like generally, and you're like an OG creator. So I feel like you know how it is to have even just that creator not burnout, but that create a stress of being like, okay, I have to maximize this opportunity. So I feel like for me, that was what was really difficult in Austin was like, I just couldn't enjoy the moment because I was yeah. so not like stressed because I feel like stress is always taken so negatively. But it's more like I was just thinking about the next thing like, okay, now yeah. I have an interview with this driver. And then I have an interview with that driver. And then I have this podcast recording. And it's so fun. And like you said, it's like such an amazing opportunity to just be there. Yeah, but I look back and I'm like, damn, I just wish I took a few minutes to just be like, you know, look where I am. I've been yeah. you know, thinking about this. I've been looking forward to it almost all year round. And I just need to absorb that. So I think for someone like a presenter, especially like you, who came from the creator and YouTuber side of things, I can imagine that it's been like a similar journey and, yes. um, you know, just being able to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, also a big factor um, as to why I kind of reeled back with content at some point, because I think when I first started, I was, I had like a ton of vlogs on my channel, taking people along with me to, you know, different racetracks and different events that were going on. And then it got to a point where I realized like, you know, focusing on all of the presenting stuff and then focusing on the content I actually wasn't having a chance to you know really soak in what was going on around me mm -hmm. and you know as you say things go by so quickly and I knew that I wanted to also be able to do that for myself because when you yourself are actually in that moment it's only then that you can do justice with the storytelling and with the content and with all of that and so um again I'm just so happy and thankful that I again it's double-edged sword we didn't have a lot of content this year but it meant that I was able to really like understand everything that was going on around me so that come next year when I do come back on onto content on online I have so much more to share and so many more insights to share and have developed those relationships with other people within the community to be, to be able to then bring them along as well and open up those doors so um yeah I'm really really excited for 2024 and getting back on content and yeah ultimately yeah just like opening up those doors and and sharing shedding a light on this industry and this world because yeah. I think you know as as we've seen particularly this year there's a lot of interest in it there's a lot of interest in it um but I think it'd be really cool to be able to just continue to strip back the layers and again show people that if that is something that is interested interesting to you it is also a space that you can enter and yeah just mm -hmm. wanting to break down those barriers and let people come into our crazy fun world <laughs> yeah crazy fun world is probably the key key phrase there uh and it's also just a lot to be a creator and a presenter because you're traveling to all the races um so there's that part of it which i think not a lot of people talk about is enough i feel because Traveling just takes a really big toll on your mind, your body, your energy, but you can't show that on camera. Like <laughs> on camera, you have to be like a star, star, star. Like you have to yeah. absolutely can't look tired. You can't look exhausted. You have to know all your talking points and all of those things. So yeah. I feel like it's also just that um, added layer of, you know, like you were saying, how you carry yourself is so important yes. in presenting. And I think, well, I think A, you're doing a great job, not only on right. camera, but off camera. And I think I say this selfishly because I love your personal style. Thank I'm, you. I'm a fashion girly myself. I went to yeah. fashion school. I went to FIT. Um, so I, I kind of like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you're my vibe. Like I get it. <laughs> um, so 
when you were working towards you know becoming a presenter was there something that was important to you to you know be able to incorporate your your personal interests like fashion and your personal style into it or did it just happen organically oh so i would say it actually happened a bit more organically because I remember when I first started, as I said, particularly like I started in Formula E and I was like the youngest and, you know, um, the only like black female there. And because of how I knew the industry to be in the sense, very male dominated and also knowing that, you know, I would be sticking out like a sore thumb. I personally didn't want to draw too much attention to myself weirdly, which mm-hmm. Again, looking back at it now, it's such a shame that that's where my mindset was, where I was almost actually kind of dim myself down a bit more in the earlier days because I just wanted to be there and known for my work and known for what I'm doing and didn't want any comments or um, other things to overshadow what I was there to do. Um, But what's been so amazing and so exciting is how in the last, I'd say the last year or so, um, there have been other incredible females in this space. You know, you've got the likes of Naomi Schiff and Lissy McIntosh who have shown that you can show up to work looking fabulous and get the job done and be amazing. And how that's been, you know, so welcomed and embodied in that space I think that also gave me the confidence to be able to do the same and so this year I'd say I had like a little bit more fun with it and have been able to bring in more of my personal style the FIA prize giving is the one where I feel like I really showed up as myself which was fun and just seeing again the reception towards the golden dress and just like yeah the confidence that comes when you do show up like feeling like yourself and feeling confident and happy um but next year definitely I want to you know just make sure I'm doing that day in day out at every race that I'm at or every event that I'm at because it it does make a difference and that's why I think you know, regardless on what your personal style is, it's just so important for you to show up authentically and show up mm-hmm. as yourself. And that comes through style. It comes through whatever, how you present yourself. It comes through all of the different things that make you unique. And I think, again, just seeing how that's evolving in this space and everyone's being welcomed as they are, it's just so beautiful. Um, but yeah, next year, I definitely want to have a bigger role in that to be able to encourage that. And yeah, let people know that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, essentially you can show up as yourself and people shouldn't have anything to say. As long as you're getting the job done, the two can exist peacefully together. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. it goes back to even confidence, like you were saying, because yeah. at least for me personally, like the way I'm dressed really impacts my confidence for the day. So yes. if I'm leaving the house, like even if I'm wearing like a, like a, like, you know, like joggers and like sweatpants or whatever, I feel like as long as like that's what where my mindset is at, I'll still feel like, you know, okay, like it's fine. Yes. Um, so I feel like it really does connect to like how you're feeling internally. And there's so many people who just like talk very like frivolously about fashion, but I feel mm-hmm. like this is like such a TikTok thing to say, but like the girls who get it, get it, you know, like the it's girls like, who get really, it, get it. Yes, get to it, that. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's so like, I really do feel like when I'm dressed well, I feel so much more, I'm not even well, like when I'm dressed, like you said, authentically to what I'm feeling that day. Um, yeah. I think it really makes a really big difference in how you're coming across your personal confidence. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, feeling like, yeah, I can, I can 
you know, for lack of a better phrase, I can achieve whatever I want today. You know, I'm exactly. I'm dressed to the nines or whatever it is. And yeah. I feel like I have everything that I need in my arsenal to be like, yeah, I got this. I got this day. Mm-hmm. I can agree yeah. more. It's so important. <laughs> I, I mean, like, especially because you studied at FIT, I studied at LCF. Like, we both learn really, like, how fashion is almost like, it's how we represent ourselves and show ourselves to the world. And it's really so much more than clothing. And I think from seeing it from that lens, that's why I am so passionate about it, as opposed to people just thinking, oh, like what a superficial thing to be worrying about mm. what you're wearing and stuff. And it's like, no, as it is so much more important than that. And yeah, it's ultimately just about um, showing up authentically, as we've said. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to explore more of that in 2024, for yeah. sure. Before we head to my... Um favorite section of the podcast yeah I do want to talk a little bit more about black representation yeah because I know that you mentioned that you know it was you know a, a bit of a bittersweet journey for you because knowing that you know of course you're the first one is is amazing that you know you were able to um be that person for other young black girls but you know it took us a while to get here how yeah. do you think we can make the next step and improve black representation in the sport so I think that it, it all goes back to the initiatives. As I said, for me, the Formula E talent call was that opportunity for myself. And so seeing how there have been so many more initiatives, you've got, you know, Mission 44, you've got Girls on Track, you've got everything that you girls are doing, F1 Academy. I think it's it's really about more of those initiatives popping up and the ones that currently exist and have that space continuing to do more and push the boundaries um, to allow more of us to come into this industry. So I think that that will hopefully open a lot more doors. Um, But also, as I say, it goes back to the responsibility that I think I and others also have who are in this space. And so that's why, yeah, in 2024, I'm really committed and focused on helping to bridge that gap and helping to shed the light on ways to get into the industry and different parts about presenting and yeah, just take more of my audience and hopefully engage new audiences with the sport um, so that they are aware of all the opportunities that exist for them here. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm very hopeful, as I've said. And I also think going back to your point of this year being the year of girlhood, I think that 2024 absolutely is just going to see more of us come together and also help to champion and share and amplify everyone's voices together so that it is that message that's continuously going out. So that's my hope. And yeah, I, I feel very hopeful and positive about it. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So do I. I. I kind of feel the same. I think the initiative, especially starting at the grassroots level, are so important and hoping that we see, you know, more people of color enter the space, especially in media and presenting. Because I think Definitely. like we were talking about earlier, just seeing people who look like you on camera makes a huge difference. All the difference. It makes all the difference. And yeah, yeah I think the more that we continue to do this, the more that we continue to just, you know, create content, you know, take space, do these, these incredible, take these incredible opportunities in this industry. That's how we're going to just continue to make those, those steps. So fingers crossed. Yes. All right. Well, now we're going to do my favorite part of the podcast. It is the rapid fire. Um, where I ask you three quick fire questions, Ooh. some related to motorsport, some not. Um, okay. and you just have to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Here we go. I'm like <laughs> ready. I'm also, 
<laughs> I feel like everybody gets so nervous before doing this. Yeah. And everyone does great. So okay. it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Okay. Um all right, question number one. What was your favorite race weekend this past 2023? Ooh, um has to be Monaco F1. Yeah. That was like such, uh, obviously it's like one of the most, if not the most iconic race. And it's something that I'd always wanted to go to. So the fact that I was able to finally experience it and I was there with Alpha Tauri, um, who I work with on the fashion brand side of things. Um, so it was a really cool experience and the racing was incredible as always. And yeah, just the experience. And I think that was my first time in the F1 paddock, I want to say. I was there for like Mexico uh last year on the Thursday after a shoot that I'd done but I had to go back to London but yeah that was my first full F1 experience and it I just think that's something you'll never forget so yeah Monaco F1 for me I love that also your first one to be Monaco is just a cherry on top I would say yeah (laughs) (laughs) um all right what is your go-to race weekend look and we're talking fashion looks now yeah balance comfort and style and confidence Love this question. So I am normally a dress gal because as you all know, being at the track, you can end up doing like 25,000 steps on some days and you're always rushing from like here mm. to there, from paddock to catering to wherever it is that you're going. And I always find that dresses just allow you to like swish through in style, also get that breeze coming through. Obviously yeah. we travel to a lot of hot countries. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I always will have a dress um, in my suitcase that's normally my go-to um, if not like long flowy skirts as well I think are really nice but I think with the different outfits it is always very important to consider practicality and comfortability because again if you are wearing something that is maybe not best suited to the environment that we're in like location wise weather wise etc then again it's something which is playing on your mind which you just don't need to be having we're there to do the job and focus on the job so I always like to think of what is just safe but still fashionable and chic um yeah. a lot of the time though, especially this year doing Formula E and F1 Academy and like balancing them back to back my schedule was a little bit cray cray so I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to like think things through as I would want to perhaps so that's why I said like next year I'm excited to get more creative with looks ahead of time planning out outfits way before not like Mm. 2 a.m before my flight just chucking things in the suitcase that's normally the situation um but yeah I'd say like just practicality and comfort also good pair of trainers always Mm. needed and then I'm also I know you're not really supposed to wear them you can't wear them on race day but I I do wear sandals because again they allow the breeze especially in hot countries when I'm doing like the pre-race show and stuff and everything's like a media day um I feel like sandals are also very fab but yeah um practicality and comfort yeah I didn't know that you can't wear sandals to the racetrack Um, I found out the hard way I found out the hard way wait what happened when you wore sandals to the racetrack I want to know well I I may have been taken away to the corner just to to have a little bit of a briefing um but thankfully to be fair I I didn't get the short end of the stick I remember for Monaco F1 a load of influencers and celebrities actually having to be given trainers and shoes to wear because mm-hmm. of the um, open toe sandal situation. Yeah. So thankfully yeah. it hasn't got into that yet. But no, a lot of people don't know that, guys. If you haven't gone to um, a race before, you are not actually allowed to have open toe shoes on race day. Yeah. 
because of obviously safety and like just danger yeah. precautions um yeah. but yeah that definitely does affect the fashion every every now and then <laughs> but I try to get in it my does. sandal looks on media day and stuff and then come race day a comfy pair yeah. of trainers and you're all good yeah yeah so right now we're in off season I mean I don't know if you actually have an off season because you literally just hosted the FIA prize giving <laughs> ceremony but if you were to have an off season what is your favorite off season activity sleeping resting not leaving my house <laughs> honestly everyone is so baffled when I'm back home and I'm like guys I am just a homebody I actually just like to relax in my home because I'm so used to just being like up down here there everywhere so I really embrace and enjoy times of actually just like relaxing working from home um as you say I still do like work in my off season um but it's just finding ways to kind of keep it in a more chilled out balanced state this year was um nice actually because I we obviously had like a nice gap between the last race um in F1 Academy to then Austin so that was a nice two-month break and then yeah obviously since then to now it's been like FIA prize giving prep um and then other different like conferences and off-season things I've been doing um but yeah I can't believe it's pretty much over now. It's the 12th of December as we're filming this. And, you know, pretty much a month from now is the first race of Formula E. Um, and yeah, we're, we're ready to get back to it, though. I think that the break has been appreciated. We're feeling refreshed. Obviously, you have Christmas coming up and the new year. And then, yeah, I'm just really excited to getting back to it all. Well, thank you so much, Darren, for joining me today. This was just thank you for having me. so fun. I mean, you and I always have fun conversations, but yes. I think that... It's, I think you said some really important things about representation, which I feel like, you know, we just don't talk about enough. So I really, really appreciate you just opening up because I think it can be a difficult conversation to have sometimes, but I really appreciate that you came on the show, talked about all the things that matter and I hope to see you very soon next year. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, again, I just want to reiterate what an amazing thing that you're doing and the whole platform and just thank you for allowing me to feel so comfortable to have this conversation as you say it's one that's difficult and it's one that I don't really have that often so I'm really grateful that we were able to speak and I was able to come on and yeah I can't wait to see you very soon and continue to see all the fabulous things you're going to do in 2024 I can't wait you're the best thank you <laughs> love you thank you thank you